This week on Opening Up, we speak to Lorraine Keane about early perimenopause, life at home and her mission to change fast fashion. I know I met you recently and you are looking as beautiful on screen as ever there as in person. What is the secret, first of all, for your skin and the physique? Oh you're, I mean, you're, you're, nearly, you're nearly, you have a special birthday coming up. Yes, um, 5-0 <laughs> is very, very close. Oh, I, I just think it's like, look at J-Lo. Look at the J-Lo yeah. doc. I mean, you've got it in spades. What I think that we are now maturing like fine wine as women. And Thank you. I want to know your secret. I hope so. Do you know what, Javon? I am. Um, I really don't mind turning 50 at all. In fact, uh, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. I'm very happy to turn 50. Um, and I didn't feel like that when I was turning 40 at all. Uh, I kind of I kind of hid that one for, for as long as I could. But I'm really embracing turning 50. And maybe it's to do with the pandemic and all we've all been through over the last few years. And just, you know, putting value on all the, the right things, which I, I kind of think I always did. I hope so. I always count my blessings. But myself and Peter have both lost five friends in the last five years. And they were all, you know, just before 40 or shortly, or just before 50 or shortly mm. after 50. So I think I'm just so happy to be um, 50 and healthy and, you know, be where I am in life and in love and in my career that, um, that yeah, I'm, I'm embracing it. And I love the way Peter was helping us there with the audio at the beginning, because it was the blonde leading the brunettes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Peter said, you said, baby, it's so adorable. You're so in love. Like it is I don't always call him baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody was baby in the corner. But it, isn't it amazing to be in love? Like, I know what it feels like now, because I'm in love with John, my partner. I think it's, mm. Because I know what, what it's like not to be in love and be in a, in a relationship for a long time and not to be. So it, it is yes. pretty amazing that we have that. It is. It is. And as I say, it, you know, every relationship needs work and you have your ups and downs. Um, I was calling him baby because I really needed his help because I'm not at all technical. <laughs> and this mightn't happen without him. Um, God love him later on this evening. Lord knows what I'd be calling him. But um, no, we are. We're, we're very lucky. Um to do you know what I think it's my mother always says don't forget what you fell in love with and um, mm. you know you have to keep reminding yourself of that and sometimes work and family and two teenagers and furry babies can all get in the way and they're probably the things that put most pressure on us as a couple but if you if you can kind of take time out for the two of you when it's just the two of you then you, you do realize, you know, you kind of go back to almost being boyfriend and girlfriend again when you take that little time away. So I think it's just important that, um, that you know that it's OK to have your ups and downs um, and know that all relationships are a compromise, really. That's so true. And um, when we talk about relationships and we, we get back to um, what happened to you a few years ago, you know, you were in the throes of you know, in your wasn't it your late 30s when suddenly perimenopause hit knocked at your door you didn't have a clue it was a shocker what was mm -hmm. this it was totally out of the ordinary and this yeah. happened to a friend of mine as well and she was lucky that she'd had her two babies when she did because a lot of her friends missed the boat so talk us through what happened to you Lorraine because this mm -hmm. has been a journey for you really and I mean you've yeah. been brilliant at speaking about this 
Thank you. And it wasn't an easy thing to come out and talk about because it is so personal. And especially in the business that we work in, Siobhan, as females, it is very ageist uh, Mm. towards women. And the whole connotation of perimenopause, menopause is kind of age, you know, getting older. Um, In fact, previous generations would have felt old and decrepit by that stage. So for me to come out and to talk about something um, wasn't easy, as I say, but I just suffered in silence for so long and I had no idea that I was in perimenopause because I didn't know anything about it. If I saw any mention of perimenopause in um, the media, whether it was online or in print, I just, you know, flick past because I always thought, well, that's not for me for a long time. I don't need to to know about that yet. Um, And perimenopause, unfortunately, is usually in your 40s. And for somebody like me, I was unfortunate that it was definitely in my late 30s because like you said about your friend, you know, Peter and I would have loved to have had more children um, and we're counting our blessings. You know, we know that we're so lucky to have two healthy babies, um, but it would have been, you know, for us, it would have been a preference to have a a bigger family. And if I'd have known then what I know now, I wouldn't Mm. have gone through all I went through because going through IVF as a couple and anybody that has been through it will know it puts so much pressure and strain and stress on um, on you physically, mentally, emotionally, and mm. as a couple financially, you know, and um, I just didn't want anybody else going through that again. So it's really important to know our hormone health uh, mm. at all stages of our lives as women from puberty to postmenopause, because then we know how to kind of manage the symptoms and you know I could have actually fixed as Dr Mary Ryan the top endocrinologist in Ireland who's become a very close friend as she always says all I had to do is tweak your thyroid I'm sure it was going to be a little bit more complicated than that that um, well there's there I mean sometimes it can be that easy and you know she has all the the photos and the thank you cards from all the the lucky couples who have been able to conceive having you know been to her and finding out how they can because clearly myself and Peter had no fertility issues per se yeah, you know they said we can't understand why you can't conceive anymore but it's extremely common so that was one reason I thought why wouldn't I come out and save other couples from going through that and then also because I was so relieved I suppose that I was able to to main like manage and and fix a lot of my symptoms naturally and also through lifestyle changes. And neither of those things are expensive and they're obviously non-invasive. The natural supplement is the one that I've chosen to work with. We're going into our seventh year. I love them. They're the most amazing Irish company. You may I'd, as well plug them there, Lorraine. I'd love to because they're so... I mean, <laughs> of course. Works. It properly yeah. works. I actually heard a, a, a brilliant interview with Dr. Kira Kelly on News Talk yesterday morning. I don't know if you, you heard it. And um, it was with a professor called Martha something from Melbourne in Australia. And she and a couple of other professors put together um, not a survey, but scientific research that actually proves that there's only 20% of women, thankfully, that have menopause or perimenopause symptoms that are so severe and extremely severe that they absolutely 100% need HRT. And for the other 80%, 20% of that 80 don't even notice that they're in perimenopause or menopause, yeah. lucky ducks. But there's the 60% in the middle that can actually manage really, really well without going down the medical route. And that's why somebody like Dr. Murray Ryan, who works with me on my hormone health talks, is really important because she says, don't let HRT be your 
first option. Don't be the first thing that you try is HRT. Yeah, and like, I think a lot of my a lot yeah. of my friends are worried, and the GPs tell them HRT. Mm-hmm. And this is not just one friend; this is a lot of friends. Yeah, yeah. So, and you see, HRT doesn't suit like, everyone. Yeah, but like GPs, uh, by virtue of the fact of general practitioner, they can be sometimes very general. So. Should we be going to a hormone specialist? Should we be going to yeah. Clean Marine? Is this the brand you promote? Lorraine? It is. Clean Marine Menamin is the one that I promote. And you can yes. get lots of information on cleanmarine.ie. They also put together an amazing little booklet. It's 70 pages long. It's never been done in this country before, Siobhan. And it's free. You can download for free in cleanmarine.ie or you can pick up a copy of it in hard copy from your health store or pharmacy nationwide. And it goes through the five stages of our hormonal health as women, as I say, from puberty to postmenopause. And it's called The Essential Guide to Female Hormones. And it's Brilliant. a tiny little Bible that will just guide you. Most of the things that will help you with your symptoms, and I mean most of the things, can be fixed for free by changing your diet, you know, your nutrition, so what you're eating and drinking, and also your exercise Plugging, at, plugging in is a huge part of it. So we all talk about well-being. It is essential for our hormones because our pituitary gland is the thing that you know excretes our hormones around our body. Now, if that is overactive, if we have completely burnt ourselves out and we're stressed and we're trying to do too much, that pituitary gland just throws everything off. And that's when you get the symptoms. So okay. if you listen to your body, we shouldn't be running or doing this is me being now very general so I, I I shouldn't you know I shouldn't be very general but kind of um I, I kind of can be because I've been talking about this for six years around the country we shouldn't be pushing our bodies on a spinning class if we're wrecked going into the class you know we yeah. shouldn't be going for a run if actually a, a fast walk or just even a slow walk in the fresh air is something that's going to make us feel better. We're trying to do everything for everybody and then be all things to all people and then try and look our best and be slim and be, I mean, it is just exhausting. And if you do all that and it sets your pituitary gland off, then you're going to have the horrible symptoms. You know, there's up to 40 uh, symptoms in perimenopause and menopause. And some of them, as I say, are really, really extreme. Um, and you so just don't want to do your, that to yourself. Your mm. symptoms, um, Lorraine, because you didn't realize that you were going through it. So mm. was there something really that sort of struck you as very, very strange? And I suppose when your pituitary gland was going on overdrive, mm-hmm. was acting on overdrive, was there something that really that you could tell us that was the sort of, oh, this is the clinch. This yeah. is the, the reason why I need to get help. Yeah, it's when I felt I felt so low um, in energy and in mood. I was irritable. I was, you know, kind of bitey. I was just, um, I think for me, I was, I was concerned that um, it could be depression, but yet I knew it wasn't Siobhan because, you know, I have worked with one of the charities that I've worked with over the years is aware. I've some friends and family that have been through depression. Uh, I know what that looks like. And I knew that wasn't what I had, but when I went to a GP, they immediately wanted to, to put me on antidepressants. And thankfully, I just said, no, it has to be something else. And it wasn't until the lovely Mary Crotty, who's a woman that we both know in the business for years and years, approached me about working with the, the natural health supplement that is Clean Marine, that brand. Um, and she spoke about this uh, natural health supplement, Menamin, for perimenopause and menopause. 
And I kind of laughed her saying, for God's sake, that's not me. Are you mad? I'm pretending not to be in my 40s. Why would I pretend to be in my 50s, for God's sake? I'm so young. I look yeah, like yeah, a supermodel. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, she um, she then started talking about symptoms. And then I started realizing, oh, good Lord, I tick that box. I tick that box. I tick that box. And I knew myself that I just wasn't balanced. You know, I knew I just wasn't me. And I suppose for that reason, I said, OK, what I'll do is I'll take it. They say it, it starts working after a few weeks, kind of four to six weeks. I said, I'll take it for four months. Um, and honestly, after a few weeks, I started feeling better. I started feeling like me again. Um, and that's when I started doing my research. And they have an incredible scientific study that they carried out in 2016. And it was carried out in, in, um, in Birmingham. And I mean, it's about this thick and I got myself a copy of that. I certainly didn't read all of it, but the, the information is incredible. Um, and then I realized, well, actually, this scientifically has been proven to be a natural alternative to HRT. So I'm going to I'm going to go with this. And the amount of messages that I get on my Instagram and Facebook from women saying thank you, firstly, for coming out and talking about it. So now we are all more educated on the subject. And secondly, for, you know, sharing all the different options uh, that are out there. Um, and it's, it's the thing that has actually probably been my favorite thing to do. And yet, you know, going back to your first question about how difficult it was to, to work with this company and tell my story and go out and, and tour, tour the country with my fabulous panel of experts. Um, it's actually been the, the best thing I've ever done. My favorite job that I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't it just show you there's always a silver yeah. lining? And what I really want to do in this pod going forward is just show no matter what we go through, there's yeah. always the up. And, yeah. you know, obviously at the time you were devastated, you, you know, you wanted a bigger family, you realized you're perimenopausal, and then you got to actually speak about something that's so close to your heart now. Yeah. Isn't it funny the way, yeah. th the way life works? I know. And help others. Yeah. Help others. We're speaking about well-being, and a while ago you did a shoot looking absolutely ripped. You're in your well, I don't know how, what how old you were at the time, but you're in your gorgeous uh, bikini showing off your ass. <laughs> that, that was inspiring for me because oh. you know how old were you at the time anyway? You must have been like in your forties. Yeah, late forties, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I think it was in the first. Was it in the first lockdown? I think so. You you, you were but you just were after the first lockdown. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's important, isn't it? Like as we grow as women to show that we still have it. Well, that's, you know, that's the <laughs> other thing. I love the fact that men, men come up to me. I did an event yeah. in the round room in the mansion house last Friday, and it was for a financial services company. It was a, a corporate thing. And um, so it was kind of 50, 50 actually in this company of men and women. And out of all the men and women I was chatting to afterwards, three came up to me. And we were chatting about all sorts of things. And every single one of them said, you know, my wife asked me to say to you, thank you so much for coming out and um, talking about menopause and perimenopause. Because, you know, for so long, we were all afraid to, to kind of own this natural life stage. Yeah. Um, and you were the one that then came out and went, eh, hello, I'm perimenopausal. I still feel sexy. I still think I have it. You know, I've got another 40 years, hopefully, to live. And yeah. um, let's let's, you know, arm ourselves with the information, educate ourselves, empower ourselves to take this on and work through it and get out the other side and live, you know, our best life. When we've got no periods, no PMS, no worrying about what we're going to wear <laughs> just in case it arrives early. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> um, no pain, I love it. you know. 
But you talked about sex. Is sex hard when you're dur- during perimenopause or menopause? It can be. One of the symptoms, yeah, one of the symptoms is um, is uh, one that, that actually doesn't get brought up very often because of, I think people are just embarrassed to talk about it. I'm not embarrassed to talk about anything. I've got five sisters and a brother, so we're all talkers. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that's what made it a little bit easier for me. I was like, you know what, you, you're always saying you love women, you support women, you know, and um, you have to now put your money where your mouth is and, and go out and do exactly that. Um, so one of the things, one of the symptoms is vaginal dryness. So that means sex can actually be very painful. Thankfully, that's not one that I have. Um, hopefully I won't have. Maybe Menamin is helping that because it definitely has the ingredients in it that, you know, would mimic any of the, the ingredients that we have in our, in our hormones um, and HRT. Um, so hopefully it's not one, but it is definitely a symptom. But again, I haven't had a hot flush yet. And yet people think, like I would have thought before I started working in this area and researching this, that, you know, the obvious one is, okay, when your periods stop for a full year and you have a hot flush, you're definitely in menopause. That is not the case. I've been in perimenopause for probably 10 years and still longer. Still, um, I haven't had a hot flush. You know what I mean? And I still have regular periods. So you can't go by the obvious things. Do you know what I mean? You have to educate yourself on all the symptoms. And as I say, they're all up there on cleanmarine.ie. So they can tick the boxes and see. (laughs) I think you were talking about perimenopause and menopause before Davina McCall. I certainly I think was. She only were. came out with the documentary funny. last year. I've been banging that yeah. drum for nearly seven years, yeah. Devon. I know. What, what about J-Lo and her documentary there recently? It was amazing. Um, and look at her in her, like, what, 50-something? 50 52, I think. 52. Like, I just I think we're having a moment, women, yeah. and the empowering yeah. the, the empowering phase of women is, is now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just looking at older women going, yeah. oh, my God, look at Sharon Stone. Yeah. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know. Even any- he- Helen Mirren. I mean, look at all oh, those. You know what I mean? Only- when you think of it, yeah. Um, there's a. I mean, the list is endless. You know, I I think that we're having a moment because I think we're getting sense. I think we're we're finally starting to look after ourselves yeah. and value ourselves, um, and realize our self worth, um, and we're taking time to you know we're spending money on ourselves, and I'm not talking about invasive cosmetic surgery or anything like that and great if that if that's your thing absolutely go for it um i'm talking about just taking time out you know women have have prided themselves especially in this country siobhan you know of being like oh don't mind me i sure i'll be grand you know while you're looking after everybody else i think our age from 40 plus are now going hang on a second here like i say to my girls if they say oh it'll be grand then I look and they go, oh, sorry, mom. We know you don't pick peak at grand. You peak at fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I love you. you said to me before, you said to me one time we were having a good chat and you said, Lorraine, do you know what? For years, I wouldn't take a nap. And then one day I said to my girls, I'm going for a nap. And I, I'm the same. You yeah. kind of inspired me now to do more meditation. Mm. I go up and I do my 15 minutes Deepak Chopra. I get up at half five in the morning to go to the gym because it's the only time I can go. And then in the afternoon, I'm wrecked after work and the kids yeah. and all that. So I do my 15 minutes. But you inspired me to say, it's okay to say I need to rest. Good. And Good. I don't think moms, as moms, we ever, we no. ever sort of, for ages, believed that was okay. Siobhan, I remember my poor mother, um, and she's only in her early 70s, uh, seven children. And I remember when, you know, we were small and she would never take a nap. And she still, to this day, boasts about, 
you know, I never took, I had seven of you, I never took a nap. And I thought that because of that, that was the, the way we should be. And then I remember feeling so wrecked um, one particular time, I felt completely burnt out. And I went and I lay down, but I said to the girls and to Peter, if anybody calls to the door on my phone, don't tell them I'm having a nap, you know, tell them I'll call them back, I'm, you know, I'm busy. And I did this for a while. And then it just dawned on me one day, I was like, I am actually not being a good role model for them because I don't want them to be in a situation where, you know, if they decide to have a career and a family um, that like me, they'll end up being so burnt out and being afraid to, to mind themselves and to take mm. a bit of time for themselves. So yeah. I just something just like a switch for me was probably when I was out doing my talks and whatever, and me preaching to women to mind themselves and take care and, you know, value yourselves and whatever. So I, I, I turned the whole thing upside down. And now when I do go for a nap, um, I say to them, going for a nap, if anybody calls, you know, or if anybody comes to the door, tell them I'm having a nap and I'll get back to them when I wake up. <laughs> and I take pride in it. And I want them to be the same because I don't want them running around like a blue arse fly trying to do everything for everyone and burning themselves out. I absolutely love your philosophy. And we have to talk about, before our time runs out, we have to talk about another empowering, um, I, I think, chapter in your life. After leaving um, broadcasting and leaving formerly TV3 Virgin Media 1, yeah. you've created the most incredible, incre and I go around the place, I go into every charity shop in Dublin talking about you because I say, <laughs> there is another girl out there, and I know you know her, Lorraine Keane, who's created Fashion Relief. What an incredible legacy that you're going to leave behind. Obviously, your beautiful daughters. But this is, to, to my mind, this is one of the best things anyone in this uh, country has ever done. I know uh, you have to tell us about this. Yeah. We're, we're both sustainable queens. Yes, and always you're, have you're been. Better way, better way than me. So, so talk us through fashion relief because I just love this so much. So close to my heart as well. Uh, thank you. Well, it's because of people like you, Siobhan, friends of mine in the business that it's a success. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been. So I've been volunteering for various charities over the last 12 years where I'd go out to the developing world and visit their projects and film while I'm out there. My skill set because of TV3 means I can obviously present, produce, direct, edit when I come back and obviously <laughs> script write. So I'm like, yeah, all singing, all dancing. You, you, so, you're doing a bit of you're there taking your time relaxing doing everything uh, well listen I know but it's good to be able to do it for the greater good you know so I am um, when I was working full-time in tv and tv3 I didn't have I 20 days holidays a year and my job would encroach into my weekends regularly and my evenings so I was never going to take time out of those 20 days to give a week or 10 days to traveling to the developing world and yet it was something that I always wanted to do because you know you admire you know really high profile uh, celebrity stars like Bono and Oprah and all these amazing people that can do things like that. And I thought if there was anything I could do because of the, the, I suppose, the context that I have here and the reach that I have because of being in the business for so long and use those contacts, um, I will. So anyway, gave up full-time TV, went freelance 12 years ago and then did my first trip. So I have traveled um, with um, Trocra, World Vision Ireland and now Oxfam because I do like to spread the word, the love and they're all amazing. And um, I just go out for a week or seven days or 10 days and I do my bit. And about four years ago, because Fashion Relief is, is four years old, um, I came back for one of the trips and I said to Peter, I now want to set up my own fundraiser as well. 
you know, so, so that when I come back and I'm talking about the amazing work that these charities are doing and their fundraising goes up, thankfully, over the time that I'm talking on the radio or the TV or whatever about the amazing work that they're doing and, and how these people need us so much. Um, I'd like to now maybe start kind of raising my own money as well. So he said, well, will you ever do something that you, you love yourself that's going to be fun? Because I know what you're like. You're going to end up putting so much time into this. So I'm looking around at all my stuff and, you know, on this side of the planet, some of us have way too much. And I certainly did. And I collected so many lovely things over the years from designers and boutiques and wholesalers that would gift me pieces or I'd be able to buy at discounts. So I'd buy a little bit more than I would normally. All of that stuff, you know, and things that I'd wear you on, had on stuff TV. On TV, you had so much sitting in the wardrobe, I guess. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, it was almost to your mind, having seen these countries and the dissolution over there yeah. to see what they're, these women who are making these garments are going through for you to see your clothes something hit yeah. you then and it was yeah. a, it was a it was a light bulb moment wasn't it it was because if I sold that dress that I've worn you know three times and I'm probably not going to wear it again um or you know would I keep it for Amelia and Romy you know all this kind of nonsense that dress could make 20 quid and 20 euro will feed a family in the developing world for a week so I was mm. thinking why would you hold on to stuff you know and you have way too much anyway so that's when I decided to set up Fashion Relief. And when I started mentioning it to people like yourself in the business, um, all the, the women that I've worked with in radio and television and the designers, the wholesalers, the boutiques around the country, they all said, oh my goodness, we'll donate as well. So suddenly I was donating a few hundred pieces from my own wardrobe, but then I was getting people like you and yeah. Rosanna Davison and Catherine Thomas and Maya Dunphy. And I mean, the list is endless. I hate just mentioning a few because then you're like, oh my God, I've left out everybody else. Everybody else, they all helped. In fact, not one person said no. Uh, so we had events. Our first event was in the RDS. And in that one day, we made 85,000 euro. But we made a, a pure profit of 85,000 because we have absolutely no overheads because everything is donated and everybody that works on it and provides their, their skill or their product or their service. So all of the AV, all of the staging, all of the hangers and the you know, the rails, everything was provided by Irish companies for and free. You know, it was incredible what you got to do then with the living wage in the countries you saw. I just think that if you can talk us through that, because that was phenomenal what you were able to do with that money. Yes, well, most of the, the money that we raise in Fashion Relief goes to educate uh, women and girls because in the developing world, um, they, women and girls, needed more and they are... It's been proven. Um, UNICEF did a survey about 12 years ago, and it um, it proved that that when you educate or give skills or training to a woman um, or a girl, they will not only you know feed their own family um, and provide for their own family, but they also end up providing for entire communities because they work with um, the other women in those communities. So because of that, a lot of what we raise in Fashion Relief will go. And one of the places that I visited, in fact, the last trip that I did before the pandemic was to Bangladesh. And um, there was two sides to that trip. Firstly, we, we visited the largest refugee camp in the world where one million Rohingya people were forced to flee their homes in Myanmar. And um, they're still there four years later, almost five years later. And all they want to do is do go that, home. Louis? How did you do that? How did you feel? You must have felt it's as a mom well being there. Oh. Desperate. It's absolutely desperate. They're 
really, really difficult trips to do. Um, but I suppose what makes it easier for me is the fact that I know by doing them, I'm actually helping, you know, because yeah. I can come home then and share those stories with the likes of you, Siobhan. And then that story goes further and then people want to help and then we raise money. And it means that because of Oxfam being in that refugee camp, I mean, it, it was amazing that, that, you know, Bangladesh opened its borders um, because th that country is already crammed, you know, it's overpopulated. Uh, they gave the space to the Rohingya people, to the refugees, but they didn't have the money to supply clean, fresh drinking water every day, sanity, uh, wear, and also food. And that's the bit that Oxfam do. So that was just amazing. But we also then went into the factories and into the slums where all the women and girls live and the factories that they're working in and they're not being paid a living wage. So they're not seeing their families. They're cramped into one room, you know, six or, or 10 women into one room and whatever they, they um, earn is sent back to the, the husband and the children. So they're lucky if they see their children once a year. Um, and it was amazing to be able to highlight that problem as well. But I mean, I have been to, when I think about it, I've been to um, Philippines, I have been to um, Tanzania, I've been to Haiti just after the earthquake. Um, I've been to, my goodness, and, and all I've been to in 12 years, I've been to 10 different countries, Guatemala, Somalia, Ethiopia. Um, uh, oh, anyway, yeah, lots and lots of places. You should be so proud of all you've done. And, you know, every time I go to um, the Oxfam Fashion Relief uh, behind Frascati, mm. and whenever I donate stuff, I get stuff back in, you know, reams. Everyone should know yeah. about this. Yeah. Where can we find out more? Well, Fashion Relief by... Yeah, so so when when the pandemic happened, everything had to go online, and I got in touch with. I had my very very first Zoom call actually with a lovely Irish tech company called Axonista, small Irish tech company, and they designed and developed with me an amazing little TV show, which is a fashion show, which I actually film in this room at home. Again, the TV three um, uh, skill set comes in handy, and uh, <laughs> so you can buy. Um, sometimes pre-loved secondhand and sometimes brand new pieces on fashionrelief.ie on a TV show where you can watch and shop all at the same time. Amazing. Um, amazing. It sounds like and a charitable version of Price Drop in the UK. Well, like, do you know what? And it's, it's better because it's guilt-free because you're not only yeah. saving people, you know, you're saving lives, but you're saving the planet as well because it's all sustainable. But obviously then, um, because we haven't been able to have events and, and hopefully now towards the end of this year, we'll travel around the country with Fashion Relief, the events. We have pop-up shops and the one at the moment in the Frascati Centre yes. in Black Rock is the one you're talking about. And I love it. Lying. And again, they give us that space for free, Siobhan. They're so Amazing. good. So we have no overheads and everybody that works there is a volunteer. So every cent that we raise goes to Fashion Relief, which goes to Oxfam, which goes to the people that need it most. And you can donate as well. We're taking yes. from anybody. So we always say anything from Zara to Prada and everything in between <laughs> in good condition we'll sell it for you <laughs> this is our quick fire round to end Lorraine because I've taken so much of your precious time and your gorgeous hubby Peter that's the first one I've seen him in years <laughs> up there the um, what's your favorite word Ooh, my favorite word okay um wow positivity happy smile I've got loads of favorite words and um, I like positivity yeah, yeah. hope kindness hope hope manners just yeah i don't know loads 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 you have loads yeah. what's your least favorite word oh shut up <laughs> i hate that it's, or can't it's two words but 
Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, my ex used to say, uh, calm down. We never said shut up. He said, calm down. That used to crack me up. <laughs> uh, what turns you on, Lorraine Keane? Ooh, what turns me on? <laughs> um, oh, well, you know what? Lots of different things. At the moment, it, this sounds bonkers. It is the light when the sun comes out oh, yeah. and I can get into the freezing cold Irish Sea. That gives me such a buzz. Um, and it's really good for my mental health. Otherwise, I would say um, loads, like food, fashion, <laughs> travel, all that stuff. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh god yeah oh god in that way <laughs> no 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 it could be it could be anyway it could be anyway uh, what, turns you... <laughs> what turns you off <laughs> what turns me off bad manners Brilliant. and laziness and meanness oh. yeah if somebody's yeah. tight good luck oh good oh. luck and what sound or noise do you love laughter and the sea yeah, me too. The mm. sea, the sea gets me every time. I'm taking up two or three here. I'm only supposed to give one. You're, just, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot. You're you're good. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh, the alarm clock on my phone. Mm. Yeah, me too. Mm. And you know what it is? I think the phone shouldn't be near our beds. I'm going to change that this That's year. That's true. Oh, can I add another one in? Yeah, Peter, Peter snoring. <laughs> That's, when That's when he's not baby. That's when he's not baby. Uh, what's your favorite curse word I don't think you'd ever curse actually I love having an L curse sometimes I think you need oh. it yeah oh. I think a, a kind of a funny one is gobshite um but the best is curse word is the f word oh yeah it is it's the only thing like when you need to say you know like you can say feckity feck all you like but when you say you know for fuck's sake that's a, <laughs> definitely a much stronger Stronger version. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Ooh, well, I love fashion. So I'd love to have been a fashion designer. And I might just yet because I'm just coming into my own now, Siobhan. Do you know what I mean? I have a lot yes. more life to live. I love this. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Do about five or six careers. You can actually do about four or five. There you go. Definitely. And I've already had a few. Yes. Mm. Um. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Ooh. Oh, the clampers, Abco, one of those private parking people that, you know, clamp you. And imagine doing that for a job. I Wouldn't did a like song about them on my radio days because they clamped me like three times in one week. <laughs> oh, Siobhan, stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think the poor guys were mortified then. I think, you know, they're just doing a job, but some of them used to love it. You could see them secretly smiling. Yeah, um, I know. And, and you're right. It is It is a job that, you know, maybe they don't all want to do, but I'd, I'd hate to have to do it. I'd hate to have to do it. And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> oh, I've got a little story for you. So what I'd like him to say is, oh, welcome, Lorraine. The VIP area awaits. And the reason I say that to you is talking about <laughs> the charity work that I do and an ambassador for, you know, quite a few charities that I love working with for years. And Peter is only an ambassador to one charity with me. And that is the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And um, we both love being the only couple, in fact, that are ambassadors for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. But because of that, I'm always saying to him, you know, when I get to, to the pearly gates, St. Peter is going to be waiting there for me. And he's going to be like, come on in the rain. And, and he'll, he'll unhook the red rope and say, there you go. The little VIP area there for you. And then I'll say to Peter, 
he'll be totting up behind me and I go, no. And he'll go, I'm not your plus one. And I go, no, actually, not on this occasion, you're not. And then he says, well, actually, I don't want to be. I'd rather go to hell. I'd say it's much more crack down there. <laughs> you really thought about this one. I really thought oh, about I this. absolutely <laughs> think it's brilliant. Rinky, thank you so much for being my guest. And oh, um, it's so lovely you. seeing your gorgeous face. And I think everything you're doing for Fashion Relief, with Fashion Relief as founder, and it's just so inspiring. And that's what we're all about on my pod. So... Um, Sending yeah. you love and light. Thank you so much, honey. Thanks to Lorraine Keen. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe wherever you get your pods. And next week we chat to Serena Bellissimo. Chat then. <laughs>